Assimilate This, a podcast for players and fans of the Star Trek CCG. And now, here's your host, Daniel Madison. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Assimilate This, episode 12. I am Daniel Madison, your host for this evening. And uh, you can mark your calendar, December 13th will be the day that cards rotate out of block for the first time, which is kind of cool that we're talking about that. But first, I'm going to introduce my guest. I have a guest tonight. Uh, he is known on the forums as rsutton41. He is a regional ambassador uh, for Kronos region, and uh, you're from Knoxville, Tennessee. Is that right? Right outside of Knoxville. Yeah, Oliver Springs. All right. Ryan Sutton. Hello. Good to have you here. Yeah, good to be here. Uh, Ryan is here because he is directing uh, U.S. Nationals uh, in January, and that's going to be in Lexington, Kentucky, on January 18th? 18th, yeah. Yeah, Okay. And uh, this is the second year that you've hosted Nationals. You ran um, uh, Nationals East for first edition Correct. Yeah. last year. Yeah. Uh, but this year you've got both editions. Um, how was, uh, first, let's talk about last year's. How was, uh, how was the turnout? How, how was, uh, how was the event? Well, I mean, the turnout was fantastic. I believe we had players from seven different States, uh, Tennessee, of course. We had some from North Carolina, South Carolina, Kentucky, Idaho, uh, Illinois. I think that's that's all of them. I may be missing one. But we had a great turnout that way. Uh, Jordan, our brand manager, came all the way down, and so did John Carter, the rules master. So I felt a little bit intimidated to run the event with those people there. Uh, but, uh, yeah, we had a great turnout, a great event. Uh, lots of Star Trek. I think we, we played three days. We played the, that Friday night. We had a side event. We had uh, the Nationals on, on Saturday, and then we played some 2E on uh, Sunday. So big, big event here at my house. Uh, it, it, it was real hard on my marriage. <laughs> <laughs> I had to send my uh, – it snowed, and I had to send my wife – she was supposed to leave the day before everybody got here, but uh, she actually she got delayed in a day. So having all those guys around, it was like, oh, oh, oh no, I've got 19 of my my husband in the same house. <laughs> so it was pretty intense, but great, great time. Uh, Jordan pulled out the the nationals uh, championship for for last year. Did a great job. Yeah, I was just looking at that uh, at the uh, the nationals results. I say, see, he was running Herogen. Yeah, uh, playing a straight uh, OTF, and uh, John Carter came in second, and he was running Herogen too. Yeah, that that I watched the finals match between the two of them, and uh, it was it was an intense game of Star Trek. Uh, I've heard Charlie say on many occasions, you know, one e's like watching two people play chess against each other. You know, one move and then one move, and then both being in the in the Delta Quadrant really really spiced up the action. So it, it was a, it was a great game to watch. I, I actually learned a lot from watching those two, two guys play. Uh, it reminded, it reminds me of um, the 
finals at uh, Gen Con this year because that also was a mirror match. Yeah. Not in the Delta Quadrant, but it was two um, TNG Ferengi decks facing off. And, uh, with though ac- actually with uh, the, the they faced off in the final round and then they faced off again in the final, so they actually had to play against each other twice. Uh, that had to have been nerve wracking. I I I wasn't watching that event because I was in another one by that by that time. But I I listened to the uh, the commentary from Dan Hammond afterward, and yeah, that's that that's that's got to be hard. Oh yeah. I, at least it wasn't. At least it wasn't Borg. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. True. I wouldn't have had a clue what was going on then if it was Borg, uh, with all the probing and stuff going on. I listened to that uh, commentary too with Dan, and he did a great job. I, I sat here in my office one night and and closed my eyes and listened to it, and I could see the game going on. It was it was really neat. And, and anytime you get to anytime you get to hear what Ken Tufts is doing in a game, I, you just you learn so much. I mean he. He just knows the game inside and out. It's it's amazing. Absolutely, absolutely, and, and yeah, um, Dan Dan thought he was going to be uh, like, oh yeah, my voice is going to be really dry <laughs> and boring, and no, no, <laughs> if you close your eyes, you you can you can visualize the whole thing. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm not I, I'm not familiar with uh, Chris Castagnato, but you know, I am familiar with Ken. I've played him a few times. I've you know. Uh, spoken to him often on Skype. So uh, I've, I've seen the way he plays and I've seen the way he, he thinks out his moves and, and yeah, he's just incredible. Um, so uh, back, back to nationals though, I see you placed third last year. I did. Yeah. And uh, you had a Klingon build. Was this a continuing mission deck? It was, it was a, it was a continuing mission deck and it used officer exchange uh, I actually played a variation of it uh, at, at Continentals as well this year. Uh, I called it the Curse Klingons. I, I never can seem to win a tournament with that with that combination. But uh, yeah, I played it. It did real well against uh, John, and I would have been up against Jordan if I'd have been able to pull it out against him. But uh, he showed me some dilemma tech that I had never seen the the access denied computer skill, and then the Kobayashi Maru as oh, well, yeah. doubling and. And Klingons, bless their hearts, as we say here in the South, they just they just don't have computer skills. So no. <laughs> I, I can't. I had Cargan and I had a couple more people, and 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 my computer skill just wasn't enough to overcome that. So it, actually, I had I believe I had ninety nine points or ninety six points, and John had oh, wow. hundred point a hundred plus points. But he had to go to 140. So it was it was really interesting. Uh, he, he pulled over in the Alpha Quadrant and was able to solve the uh, the Armist mission for the win. But uh, it was an intense game. It was, it, I enjoy I enjoy those games very much. So. Um. So uh, this year's nationals, I've noticed that you are running at least the one E side of it. You are running uh, as a buck tournament. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was it was an interesting decision to do that, and and I'll start with the 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 beginning of nationals as far as like why it's where it is. Um, when I was at Continentals and Gen Con this year, I, I spoke with the indie guys and got them to got to know them really well, and they're they're super cool guys, and uh, they've got a great play group in Indianapolis, and uh, and they were wanting to do a uh, nationals up there, and I thought, well, nationals and Continentals in the same place, that's that's pretty rough, but uh, talking with some other play groups, like the one in Ohio and then 
uh, of course, the one I play mostly with, which is in Charlotte. Um, I said, let's do a convergence this year. Let's let's try to converge on a location that's kind of neutral for all of us, but not too far for all of us. And and uh, Lexington, Kentucky came up, which is kind of a, a an intermediate point between myself in Knoxville and the guys in Indy. So so I, I started talking with Ikea, uh, Dave, and uh, I said, I'd love to host Nationals again if given the opportunity, and I understand if I can't. But he said, man, this sounds like a great idea. And uh, and I went forth with it from there, and, and we have this convergence uh, of playgroups, which I hope to have a huge, huge amount of people. I, I know that the Charlotte group's all coming over in force. We've got a lot of commits from the Indy group. Uh, so I'm really excited about about everybody getting together. But uh, one of the things was with the format of block was uh, I know in Charlotte it's been a huge huge thing for us to play block. We played a lot of block. We played a regional uh, championship last year uh, in sector zero zero one was block and uh, and and we just really fell in love with the, with the format or falling in love with the format because. Uh, all the guys there don't have all the cards. They're two E players. So right. with them being able to print everything and immediately be, you know, competitive is is an awesome thing, uh, which is, you know, something that's hard in 1E and even harder, in my opinion, in 2E uh, because there's so many cards. So I asked the guys in Indy and uh, got some votes for them. And, you know, I think two-thirds of the vote that I got from them was block as well. So I thought, hey, let's do it. Uh, I want as many people there and, you know, as much fierce competition as we can get. So uh, decided on block. And I think it's a great entertaining format and especially with emissary coming out. It's going to be interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Emissary, uh, as I said at the beginning of the show, emissary will be released on December 6th, along with a, uh, an emissary supplemental set and will become legal the 13th. And on that day, the, uh, the, the block zero, the life from lifelessness block will rotate out. Um, so that's going to have a major impact on block. You'll still be able to run your, your TNG decks, your, your Ferengi, your Klingons. Uh, they're going to take a hit probably from uh, not having a battle bridge and, and, you know, unless something happens between now and then, and we find out that's staying in, but it looks like the, the boss set is rotating out. And uh, so those battle decks are going to be denied their battle bridge. Um, and uh, overall, you know, obviously you're not gonna be able to play Starfleet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because everyone wanted to do that yeah. at nationals. Uh, but yeah, you'll be able to, I mean, if you want to keep running your TNG decks, they're still going to be legal. And uh, there will be, DS9 decks uh, into the mix as well. And I think uh, a lot of people are excited to try those out. Yeah, it looks like about a month uh, from from when the cards are legal will be our national. So everybody will have the cards and, and be able to start building immediately during that Christmas holiday. And mm -hmm. uh, hopefully, I mean, I, I hope to see tons of stuff. I hope to see TNG versus DS9. Um, I know the battle scenario has been super popular in block. It has been around here and it was at Gen Con and I've been guilty of it as well, you know, battling it every time I got the chance. Um, but uh, I'm excited to see how the DS9 cards fare with it and see, see what happens. You know, these Bajorans, they're pretty, 
they're pretty sneaky with their little ships, so it might it put, might put a anchoring on the uh, the battle decks with, if they're able to you know sneak away, or maybe they're going to be in the gamma quadrant or or something. So maybe that 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 strategy, if you play TNG, I think is going to have to change quite a bit. Yeah, yeah, definitely. TNG obviously the TNG decks are are going to be are primarily uh, alpha quadrant based and will still be alpha quadrant based. Um, with the DS9 decks, it looks like there is a push to get them out into the Gamma Quadrant, where yeah. maybe they'll be out of the way of of uh, of the TNG decks. I mean, with me, I think the biggest problem, yes, there's the argument that uh, you have to stop going through the wormhole and that slows you down. You know, uh, we already know they they've they're reprinting uh, wormhole navigation schematic in block, which which will help things somewhat. Um, my biggest issue with going to the Gamma Quadrant is reporting. Yeah. If you're sending ships out to the Gamma Quadrant, they're going to be out there with no way to report your personnel, mm -hmm. um, you know, except having to go back and forth. And that might be a little much. I mean, we'll, I, we'll have to see what, if any cards come out to, uh, to, to make that a little easier. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I know that using the Gamma Quadrant in the past, I love Dominion. They're my favorite. But mm -hmm. you know, getting back through and then back through the wormhole again it is huge in, in today's OTF environment. Uh, it's too yeah. turns to get stuff. So, I, you know, I hope there's some way to get there uh, that's quick uh, and makes I – mean, Charlie always says, you know, I want to make the Gamma Quadrant viable. I want to make it useful. So – so I'm really hoping to see something out of Emissary and uh, that makes it actually, you know, I want to go to the Gamma Quadrant. And, yeah. and, I mean, there's some negatives, too. I mean, the mission spans are are crazy huge. They're, like, at an average, at least one more than their equivalent would be in the Alpha Quadrant. So you've got sure. missions with ranges five and four on average. So Yeah, yeah. And Bajoran ships, range is not their strong. <laughs> <laughs> no, not unless you're in a region. region. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, range is not yeah. the strongest point. So, well, Bajorans are not known for for powerful ships. Obviously, that's you know. Yeah. I guess you know uh, we we know that uh, Bajoran Federation Treaty is going to be in block, so Bajoran Federation will probably be uh, one of the more common builds, and the Bajorans can probably uh piggyback off the the higher range federation ships uh, as far as getting into the gamma quadrant doing what they need to do you know maybe we'll see maybe we'll see a defiant of some sort yeah i'm, I'm hoping so, so that can really get out cool. there yeah um, uh, one of the things too you know that is is pretty cool with i mean danny just won the british national with a bajoran bed deck treat yes which is which is cool i mean just think where bajoran and bed might be next year at this time you know, they may be they may be the leaders of the Alpha Quadrant like the the Frangi have been as far as yeah. being able to win and stuff. So it, it's really exciting. It's an exciting time to be playing the game to see all this new stuff come out. I, I love seeing the images every morning. It's it's pretty cool to me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, anything can get there. You know, if you look over the last year in the major championships, you know, your your nationals was won by Herosian. Uh We had uh, Ferengi win con win. Uh, North American Continentals, uh, Bajoran Deck One, UK Nationals. Uh, uh, we got the Borg. 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 Did Borg win Worlds? They won Worlds. Yeah. So yeah, anything can get there. Yeah. Um, 
the Bajorans are very strong right now. I have a feeling that they're well. They're obviously their their top play engine right now is Bajoran Resistance Cell, mm-hmm. and so far we haven't seen that in block. And I have a feeling we're not going to. I, I think that might be too fast with with the <laughs> other play engines that they're trying to put out. Well, yeah, um, they can go anywhere. <laughs> yeah, any planet, they're there. So exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Now that, as far as OTF, that might not be so bad for the Gamma Quadrant scheme. You know, oh. you go out to the Gamma Quadrant, you find a planet out there, and you can report your Bajoran Resistance guys. You know, you know that could that could be a really Maybe. powerful idea. Really powerful. You know, it's 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 a question of how big a carrot are they offering you to get out to the Gamma Quadrant? Is it you know? That that's what we'll have to see is 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 it worth the uh, what it's going to take to get out there? Because right now, uh, you know, like I said, as far as OTF, right now the format's just a little too fast for for, for that strategy. Yeah, definitely. Um, but so far, you know, I've, I've I'm looking forward to seeing what the Bajorans and the Cardassians have to offer thematically uh, in. In block, you know, I think, you know, I, I, I compare I compare the game to Magic the Gathering sometimes, and I know that that Charlie does the same, and he he looks at what they've done for ideas sometimes, and you know, we when uh, Next Generation Block was introduced, they found a way to go back to the beginning of the game and go back to sets of cards that nobody was playing anymore and make them relevant again. And the idea is that maybe we're going to do the same for, for some of these DS9 sets. And I, what my philosophy is, though, is that if you're going to go back uh, to a place that you've already been, if you're going, you know, as far as designing, you need to add something new to it. You know, you, you can't just go back and, okay, here's some more Bajorans and here's some more Cardassians. What can they do now that they weren't able to do before? You know, and uh, I'm already seeing, you know, we, we got the Cardassian play engine spoiled this morning. Uh, we had uh, a neat little trick involving commandeering Deep Space Nine. Oh, I'm excited about that. Making baseball relevant. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Plus the people, if you try to steal your impact north. I mean, I, I love Impact Nor, but it's it's twenty points. But with baseball being in there, with uh, with the being able to, if you commandeer, you'll still have a baseball in your deck. So if somebody wants to run Impact Nor, they're yeah. gonna have to risk as well getting it stolen for the twenty points. It's not as easy to pull it out, but uh, it uh, it definitely will be in there, and that'll that'll I think make people not want to play with Impact Nor as much. Yeah, you know that that card. Um, when you read it and you visual, you know, you try to close your eyes and visualize it. It reeks of 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 flavor, and I love it. You know, it oh, yeah. it really personifies uh, Ducat's position for a long time on the show. Is, is you know, Deep Space Nine shows up. He's relegated to you know whatever post the Cardassians will will let him have, and the entire run, you know, he's 
just biding his time, uh, envisioning that one day he'll get that office back. You know? Oh yeah, I mean, and eventually Obama, he does. Yeah, I, yeah, and Marco Lama does an awesome job because every time he's in that office, it's like he's he's lusting after Cisco's chair there. I mean, you can just see it in his face. He's like, I, I want to be back here. You know, this was my this was my glory days. You know, it, it's, absolutely it's cool. And that and that card when I when I saw the image on it. Uh, I was like, whoa, that, that's a really cool card to, to be able to, you know, he's, he's kind of peeking around there at it. So Standing off to the side, it actually reminds me of an espionage card, like we're always watching. <laughs> I lustful thoughts by Ducat, that's what I was thinking when I saw it. Definitely, <laughs> definitely. I mean, I love the, the symbolism of the baseball during the show, and, you know, to the point where even Ducat understood what it meant. Mm-hmm. So it makes perfect sense to me for it to be, uh, an option for him in the game. Did you watch Deep Space Nine uh, when it was when it was running when it was I on did. TV? Yeah, yeah, the sixth season where where Kira's like, you know, the ball's gone, and Kira's like, I, I don't know if he's coming back this time. I think that's right. when he left, right? right. And uh, after after Dax's death, you're right. That symbolism is huge throughout the show, and that that's a pivotal moment because I, myself as a viewer. I was thinking, holy cow! You know what's what's Cisco going to do now? Is he going to yep. is he going to go off and do his you know emissary thing, or is he going to try to come back with a vengeance? What's he going to do? So, because I, no one knew about about Dax, you know, Ezri coming back, so or Ezri coming in general. So, right, me, right. Me, me, Tom, I love D Space Nine. It's probably probably my favorite series. I love it. Yeah, definitely, it's my favorite series. Series. I, I always thought the writing on it was top notch. You know. The fact that they were stuck in one place brought so many – there was so much character development because there were all these minor characters that, you know, that came back because they were there. You know, they weren't going anywhere. They weren't going from planet to planet. So, you know, the, the story kept coming back and focusing on all these different characters. Um, With the but, thought, too, yeah. you, you could have an episode – of, of Deep Space Nine that didn't necessarily revolve around the main cast. You could do Absolutely. a whole Ferengi episode or a Klingon episode with Worf in it or, or you know, or one character, you know, they, they, they would focus on one character in an episode almost the whole time. And you may not even yeah. see Cisco. So, yeah. and, and I love In the Pale Moonlight. That's probably one of the best Trek episodes uh, out now. I mean, I, I, I love that episode. It shows the darker side of what you know the Federation has to do mm-hmm. uh, w- w- to to win, and and they had to they had to do the dark side to win there, and that, that just that episode I can watch it over and over again. So, and that's one <laughs> so, example. Garrick got yeah. plenty of stories. You know, Morn oh. got a story. Vic Fontaine got his own story. There there was plenty of that. Nog got stories. <laughs> yeah, Nog got stories. <laughs> I liked Nog. I thought he was a great character. I just think of when I think of Nog, I think of I think of the Nog at the beginning, you know, the little little scroungy little guy running around, and then the evolution (laughs) that he went through to to be, you know, hey, he's he's a lieutenant at the end. So that's that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Um. So so. Sorry. Oh, I was just going to say, you know, Tui Nationals are there as well in Lexington this year. So uh, there's going to be the yeah. TUI National Championship as well. Yep, yep. And, uh, yeah, I was going to get to that. So TUI is uh, 
you're running uh, straight standard, complete. Mm -hmm. So anything is possible. Uh, do you play? Do you play Tui? I do play Tui. I don't play Tui well. <laughs> um, <laughs> I just I don't have the card pool. I I was an ambassador uh, for the first three sets at Decipher, and then the play group just died here in Tennessee. Uh, okay. And uh, I have those three sets and and some of the cards after. Uh, but very sporadically. So it's harder for me to play Tui in that I don't have the card base. But I, I enjoy the game. But if you give me the chance, I'm going to probably play 1E. <laughs> if, if, if it's a play 1E or play 2E. So uh, it's just it's just my, my favorite 1E is over 2E. I've found lately that I've gotten fairly good at 2E, uh, picking it up over the last year or so. Uh, but... As much as I suck at it, I still love one E. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you just day two at uh, at Continentals this year, though. You don't suck too bad. No, two. That was two E. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm just yeah. Saying, oh, okay. Yeah, barely. <laughs> hey, it counts. It counts. So. But yeah, no. One uh, E is still my favorite game. You know, it's despite the taking forever to set it up and you know i just i love how much story is in the game and how you can you know you can recreate pretty much any story you want yeah. and build anything you can think of we, uh, we had a revised tournament that was only pack cards from the first three sets of first edition two weeks ago and, uh, I heard about that. It was a blast. It was a blast, and it was not a blast. But um, I heard that too. With, yeah, <laughs> I, I work with uh, Jeremy, who's our campus on the on the boards. Um, we built some pack decks, and and we played against each other, and uh, and and it was it was really cool because you know those cards are almost twenty years old, and mm -hmm. it, it was still a blast to just go through those first sets and play. Uh, you know, to to see the to see the different things. You know, I hate seeing Red Alert come out on the table, but you know, a Horgon here and there, or Q's Planet. I know that was one of my moves with the Q's Planet uh, that I had planned, and and just to, just to relive the game, you know, as it was 18 years ago. It, it was a blast. I had, I had a great time. You know, there was a lot of shenanigans going on, but uh, we wanted to we wanted to play that format, and we had we had a great time. I played in last year. I played in one of the Talos events that was the premier only uh, open format, and that reminded me why I didn't want to go back eighteen years. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you, you especially can't... when I, especially after I got paired up with Ken. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, that's rough. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, we're we're going to be here in Florida. We're going to be trying revised probably in January, but with a complete card pool. But I mean, the main reason for that is like, it's not even uh, an achievement thing. Uh, my friends have a lot of Voyager and board cards and they've frequently built decks, Delta Quadrant decks. And then they've had to show the deck to me before the tournament starts. And I'll be like, okay, you can't play this card. You can't play this card. You, this is banned. This is banned. And, they they like a chance to play uh, with all of the cards that they own. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's some there's some interesting cards in those sets. I mean, I can think of Delta Quadrant Spatial uh, Schism. I think Schism. 
Yeah. I couldn't remember the name of it exactly. But yeah, I mean that's that's kind of a cool card to play with. I would like to see I'd like to see that in action again. So Yeah. Two Tom Paris's. I mean, you got like six classifications. Oh right God! <laughs> <laughs> Tom Paris is uh, Tom Paris is bad enough with Naomi Wildman. Like, holy yeah. crap, he's got six navigation on his own. Yeah, add the twins to the mix, man. <laughs> that gets rough. <laughs> I uh, yeah, I think they like they want to try Vidian. Uh, I think Vidian next is is yeah, like they've got. They want to try the organ theft and the boarding claw. And that was what I brought to revised at Gen Con. I think my next revised deck is probably going to be a War Council deck. Yeah, cool. I, I had an idea to run War Council in the Alpha Quadrant with uh, some of the some of the continuing mission play engines, and I wanted to see how that would work. Hmm. Non-aligned battle is strong. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I thought about running them with, with followers of the Wand and Dropping some androids. Oh, that's cool. I love androids that. and I some love that action. Followers of the one's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, so second edition, uh, not as much experience lately. Uh, are you? Are, what are you expecting to see? Well, um, I don't know because I don't know a lot about you know meta in current second edition, uh, but. Uh, I know the guys, Nathan, Nathan Miracle, Gooey Chew on the boards, he always has an interesting idea when it comes to, uh, to, to 2E. So there's no telling what he'll have out there. Yeah, uh, he's a pretty creative guy. Yeah, yeah. His decks, his, his ideas, I would never think of them in a million, million years. And I'm like, whoa, that, that's really cool, especially when it comes to 2E. He's, he's got some great ideas there. I, I have no idea. I mean, it's open. I know Romulans are extremely strong right now after Worlds. Uh, if you know how to play them, uh, yeah, uh, obviously, I know that, uh, I know that uh, a lot of stuff is is strong as well in two E. So there's no telling what what we'll see there. I have no idea, but but you know whatever, we'll be ready for it. Hopefully, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I guess uh, you're not gonna have you're not gonna have uh, the day one day two split to worry about. So. Um, Part of it, I, I think maybe uh, maybe the decks are going to be geared a little more towards speed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I don't know. Maybe Romulans aren't going to be the best way to go. Yeah. Uh, for that format. I don't Borg always scares me when it comes to Tui. It doesn't want any, but more so in Tui because I just I don't know what they can do. You know, I've seen some really cool Borg decks, and I'm like, what can you do? That, you know, if you don't have event destruction or something like that, they're running the table on you. Mm-hmm. So it's a it's a scary thing uh, to see a board deck too with somebody who knows how to pilot. Yeah, that's that is pretty scary. <laughs> uh, I've played against uh, I've played against an assimilator uh, uh, in Orlando for regionals and was not a pleasant experience. <laughs> I, I think I know who that was because <laughs> he, he brought that to Dragon Con <laughs> and I think I saw it at Dragon Con. Not this that year. Was, that was Jeffrey. Okay. No, no, that wasn't, that wasn't who I was thinking about. So. Okay. That, that's who I played was Jeffrey Peterson. Uh, yeah, I, I think I, I was, well, I was running, um, I was running Terok Nor. I was trying for a two mission win and 
I got de-staffed on my very first attempt, and then he came over and assimilated everyone that was left on my ship. Oh, jeez. Uh, I, I did manage to come back and solve one mission, and I, you know, I felt like I was still in the game. But yeah, uh, they're they're so good. If you if you know what you're doing, they're they're crazy good. Yeah. Borg, yeah, Borg scares me in both editions because I don't think I'll ever become intelligent enough to play them correctly. Yeah. Well, I would I, love to try them, but I don't think I could play them well. I've got one of the, the sealed, you know, OTSD boxes, and, and I, I make it a point every year, and I never get to it. I want to learn how to play board, you know. I want to I do it well, and I sit down, and, and I, I just don't know where to start. And, and it's like the, the uncertainty of the probe in 1E mm-hmm. always gets me, and I'm like – well, you know, here I'll, I'll have finished scouting and I won't be able to, you know, get the right probe and I won't be able to hit. And I'm like, ah, oh, you know, I don't know if I want to do that. I'm going to go back to playing something that's a little bit more sure. So when you see a board player and they know what they're doing, I mean, it's something to really watch out for. Because uh, yeah. they just, uh, Curtis, Curtis uh, played a, a board deck at, at Continentals and, and I've, I've printed it out and looked at it and, and tried it. Man, it's, it's so good. It is so good. Uh, so it's uh, it's knowing how to play them, and I, I wish I was better at that myself. Yeah. I just want to be able to open a pack in the middle of the game. <laughs> yeah, that's a cool I, I would love to do that locally. <laughs> yeah. Well, man, what if you pulled, like, a Picard or something? That'd be, that'd be really cool. I mean, cool. yeah, I know you'd have to be losing to do it, but, like, it's still it's still cool. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. It's one of the craziest things you can do in a game of 1E. <laughs> Here, open a pack, and everything that you can play is yours. Go for it. Yes. Yeah. It could win you the game. It could. Yeah, yeah. I just, I don't know. Maybe I'll wait to try Borg until something is done about 12 space. Yeah, yeah. Because I, I think I would just feel awful playing that that deck. Yeah, I, I'm surprised I haven't seen more balancing acts come out with that in thought, especially at the high level events. Uh, for somebody to have, you know, about a seat of balancing act, I know it's a, I or at least, um, or at least run. Um, it's the thing that can get it all available personnel. Yeah, yeah, they can get it as well. So it, it, it really, it surprised me. At, at to see it win at Worlds, uh, I know Dave uh, Bowling played. I'm sorry, not Dave. Is that right? Our world cha- he was three time world champion. What's his name? Dave, yeah, Dave, Dave played. Oh, okay, yeah, Dave, Dave played uh, board. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He played that, and he and it did really well. And uh, you know, it's a it's a scary thing to see that that come out. On the, I, I know that that was one thing that I was was ill prepared for at, at Gen Con. I didn't ever face one, thank goodness, but uh, there was a lot of board there. But I, I don't know what I would have done. I don't know how I would have seeded it because I had planet, you know, planet dilemmas. How would have I stopped it? So it was right. uh, something that I didn't know how to deal with it. And hopefully, you know, you know, it's up to the rules committee and stuff like that. I, I'd like to see that go away because it, it doesn't seem right for the game, in my opinion. That, that's just my opinion. Um. What did you play at Gen Con? Because I I didn't because I was in day two of the two E. I didn't play in the one E Continentals. I played a, I played a version of the TNG Klingon Officer Exchange, uh, oh. and used a lot of my card draws to convert to uh, IKS Paw People, and, and I was using an equipment replicator so that I could get equipment to make all my smogs and Vecmas 
uh, and Zegoffs into things they weren't. So based on the current meta that was out then for dilemmas and stuff, I figured that would be a pretty good, pretty good solution. And it worked. It worked really well for me. Uh, and then the dreaded mission steal. Jason Drake stole some missions from me. So <laughs> he stole, a, I think, a 40-point mission on me. And I was like, oh. But he hit me on a Scytherian's run, and uh, and he pulled right up and solved my 40-point mission for the win. So oh, geez. Uh, another, <laughs> another great player. Yeah. So, But it, it worked really well. Um, I, I enjoy playing that deck a lot. I played it. At, at, at nationals uh, a variant of it and then again at continentals and i really thought that it was the strongest thing out at that point with the skill set and the you know the ability to convert the card draw to an actual person so a, a dial especially skill. especially a person that can play into another card draw yeah play into another yeah. card draw and also you know pl- basically play dial a skill because if you needed yeah. an officer you had cargan if you needed uh Another one you could have Riker with transporter skill, which is always handy with the new Sky's the Limit uh, dilemmas. And then you know, Beast Maul to the man. I mean, he's got some great skills. And if you need some treachery or you need you know some medical, you've got Vecma and Zegoff as well. So yeah, yeah, it's a great deck. I a just lot of never play that medical probably. Yeah. And medical crisis sucks. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Mr. Mister Smog, you know, Beast Smog, he he was pretty good at, at handling. He does help with that too. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, I almost had a win with it last year at Dragon Con. I was playing Rogue and uh, almost had a win with, I guess it was, yeah, year before last. Uh, I was on that train again, you know, I wanted to play that that deck and I uh, played it. And, and Medical Crisis was not something that I was super familiar with, a, uh, I guess, what, last year, year before, not this past year, but year before that. You know, and I pulled up to that and I, I went down twice and he stopped my smog twice with the, uh, with it, with my biology and Rogue again pulled over, stole a mission and, and won the game on me. So I, I called it the cursed Klingons because every time I would get right there and and then I would lose. <laughs> so never could pull it in the driveway. But, uh, oh, well, you know, it, it, it's a fun deck to play. Yeah, I actually if I had played uh, if I had played one, I had a deck built that was um it was a version of the Bajoran Fed deck that that uh, that made it into Worlds. Um, that you know, both Danny and Ken played at Worlds, so mine was sort of a theme on that. Probably wouldn't have done as well <laughs> because just because I don't know how to play around Borg. Yeah, that is that is my weakness, and there was a lot of Borg running the table at Gen Con. Yeah, I mean, in the top you had you had both Curtis. And uh, Dave playing Borg, and I mean, there's they're both great players. So so getting around them would have been a challenge. And who knows, they could assimilate your home world, or you know, with Klingons, their range on their ship is just so so pitiful. Uh, yeah. So you know, just getting past that 12 space to go do a, a two mission win like my plan was, it might have been rough. So who knows? Who knows? But I tested. I, I, one of my favorite things to do is is I print decks out that I see online, and I, and I cut them out and I and I play them. Uh, yeah. And put my cards together and stuff. And that Bajoran deck that you're talking about was one of the ones I was testing against. And you know, with its free reports of Ganon and 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 uh, you know, got Lita in there free report. And I think I think it was a deck of Kins that I printed out. It had um, they may have the Baku as well. In it, yeah, yeah, the Baku and the Sona. 
Yeah, if you could get those people together, mm-hmm. I mean, you hit McCoy and he downloads Paul Porter or downloads his McCoy downloads his thing and downloads Paul Porter and Paul Porter downloads a pad. I mean, you got mm-hmm. you got awesome stuff going on there. So that that's a very good deck. Very good. Yeah, and you can get McCoy and McCoy, Guinan, O'Brien. They're pro, they're like some of the best dilemma cheaters in the game. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, the O'Brien. I had the O'Brien in a couple of decks to do the dilemma cheating with the with the uh, transport or the near the near work transport. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. That's a great great cheater. Um, thinking that. Yeah, I mean, like I since I since I came back to CC for. Uh, for a long time, the Bajorans have been one of my favorite decks because I, I love that about them that they can just kind of pop in anywhere. <laughs> I built um, for an online OTF tournament. I built uh, another Bajoran Fed deck, but it was based in the Delta Quadrant. I ran, um, you know, I had Voyager as the seed to Caretakers array, and so I was playing Voyager people to to uh, Federation people to Voyager and Bajoran Resistance people to you know, liberation or, you know, whatever planets yeah. were, were happened to be around. Um, and uh, the neat thing about it was they were still able to pull off hidden fighter tricks. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, so I was uh, playing hidden fighter for runabouts and then I was playing ready room door to get the runabouts matching commanders. So uh, I actually got a Benjamin Cisco into the Delta, into the Delta quadrant. <laughs> <laughs> nice, I love it. Uh, one E, huh? <laughs> Why not? <laughs> yeah, heck yeah, heck yeah, wherever you want it. Yeah, that's cool. I, you know, and I and I, I love paying attention to one E deck list because there's so much innovation. Um, Matt Zeno just played Ferengi Delta Quadrant Ferengi, huh? With continuing mission. Cool. It was the craziest thing, but it looked awesome. <laughs> yeah. Did he build a facility? I haven't seen that deck. Yeah, yeah. I guess the the way it works is because all of the the the, the continuing the, uh, the the TNG play engines, attention all hands, and Ferengi military operations. Yeah, they both say they both allow the reporting. Mm-hmm. Ferengi military ops says you can report to your outpost, and attention all hands says you can report to your outpost or your ship or whatever you know. Right. But they are the cards allowing the reporting not the outpost, which means that they override quadrant restrictions. Right. So what he did was he got, um, he started with a Necrit supply depot Mm -hmm. with a space door on it and he downloaded a Ferengi ship. So there's the ship. (laughs) And, you know, uh, he got in it, I think, you know, mission specialist or something to get an an engineer into play. And then he played construct starship. (laughs) <laughs> to build the outpost. I love it. That's and there, awesome. now he's got a Ferengi outpost. He can play all his guys to that. Yeah. Yeah, that's a cool idea. I I would have never thought that up in a million years. <laughs> that's cool. It, it's different, you know. I don't yeah. I don't know. I don't think it won. I, I mean, I, I think it, it did well. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it's, it's interesting, you know, you get, you get, you know, you, your card play obviously can't be a personnel because right. you're not going to be able to play them, but you know, he had other things to do for, for card plays. He had other things he could, he could play, but, uh, just a different take on it. And, you know, get all your people into the Delta quadrant, solve missions over there where they're worth so many more points. 
and uh, yeah, that's cool. That's a great idea. I'd, I'd love to. I'd love to see that blade. I'm going to have to take a look at that deck. Get out of the board player's way. And... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Leave me alone. Uh, I'm out here. <laughs> I love I, that episode of Voyager where the Frank are in the Delta Quadrant. That's that's one of my favorites. Some of my buddies, we always joke, you know, Greater Sage. I think that was what he called the deck, actually, was the Great <laughs> I love, Sages. Yeah. I love that. I think that's so funny. It's like, hey, Sage, hey, Greater Sage. But, uh, <laughs> cool. So, um, well, I got you, uh, you know, sure. we've been, we've been talking a little bit about 1E, um, you know, we've, we've talked some about Emissary, you know, really looking forward to, to, uh, the full release of Emissary. I happen to have a spoiler. Ooh, nice. For Emissary, uh, which I will show you as soon as I figure out how to display it on here. So give me just a second. Select the, ah, here we go. So can you see that? Oh yeah. Okay, so uh, we have a mission here for those uh, if you're not watching it on YouTube, if you're you know if you're listening on the podcast or uh, yeah, if you, you you know for some reason you can't see it, I'll I'll go ahead and describe it. So we have a mission here. It is a space mission. Um, it's called Salvage Wrecked Ship. Uh, it is a space mission in the Gamma Quadrant with a span of five uh, with non-aligned Cardassian, Dominion, and Ferengi icons. Uh, it's worth 30 points. And... Um, the, the lore is unknown wreckage, recover scrap from crashed vessel. Uh, the requirements are engineer times two, plus archaeology, plus acquisition. Uh, and that's it, no attributes. Uh, and it says, when you solve, may download Jem'Hadar birthing chamber here. Hmm. That's handy for the Dominion player. Yeah, yeah, that's that's great for Dominion. They uh, solve this for thirty points. They get uh, where you know range is not really an issue for them. They're out in the Gamma Quadrant anyway. Uh, they can go get a a birthing chamber. Um, probably nice for. I'm trying to think of how this is going to affect the other affiliations. You know, if the you know I was just talking about Delta Quadrant Ferengi. What about Gamma Quadrant Ferengi? <laughs> <laughs> they do have, yeah. I mean, they do have that mission. That's uh, the Tulberry Wine mission. I think it's like any pill or any cork. I mean, that's that's a pretty easy mission for them. I can't remember this, what that mission is. So. Yeah, this seems like yeah. it'd be a, this seems like it'd be a fairly easy set of uh, uh, of skills for Ferengi. Yeah. Um, maybe not so much Cardassians. I think the acquisition might be a little tougher. Uh, but if they're trying to push that Gamma Quadrant carrot. Maybe. Yeah, I mean, who knows? Somebody can work with them with acquisition. There's a lot of non-aligned people uh, with acquisition, so maybe maybe bring more along. Who knows? <laughs> well, there's also the fact that um, don't the uh, the non-aligned gamma quadrant guys doesn't one of them have acquisition? The the uh, the Wadi people. 
Yeah, yeah, the that's the Tulipberry One episode, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, the, yeah. Uh, the um, there's a couple there's a couple of non-aligned guys they made in the Gamma Quadrant. Um, Falo and Elandra. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't remember they, what they, they have. They both have but, acquisition, don't they? And they have greed as well. So maybe the archaeology. I'm not. Super and they've with and they've already spoiled uh, a planet that they can report to. Yeah, that's cool. Hmm. Interesting. That's a that's so that, a big range. Guess, big range. That's an option. Yeah. Um. And uh, yeah, looking at the art. It's great. Art's uh, as always <laughs> not as flashy, but still cool. Yeah. Is, uh, you know, yeah, a bit of wreckage here. Uh, remains of what whatever uh, ship this is. I don't know what episode this is from. Not sure either. But. Hmm. I, I don't remember it. I don't either. I, I guess we'll 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 have to wait and see when the uh what when the card gets into the uh into the full list and and look up the episode source. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a cool feature. I love that feature of the of the the search engine and stuff when you're looking at the cards to be able to see the exact episode that they had uh, that the image came from. So, plus I, I tell you the expansion yeah. icon. This is an awesome expansion icon. Uh, it looks so good. Yeah, I, I do like it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, look, it, it, it really well done with the runabout coming out of the wormhole, and it looks uh, even looks good in the yellow version for, for supplemental. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, nice. yeah. Cool. So uh, for you prospective list makers, the collector number on this card is 35V. 35. So that is salvage wrecked ship. Uh, thanks to Charlie for uh, providing the spoiler for today. And now I'm going to try to go back to undo the screen share here. Okay, there we go. <laughs> Can you see me again? Uh, you're there. All right. So there we go. We have a spoiler. Um, so uh, tell me a little about a little bit about. Uh, uh, you said uh, you're from just outside of Knoxville, and you play out in Charlotte normally. I do. Um, it's about a four and a half hour drive, so it's a little bit of a take, but but I really do love this game. <laughs> so me and my buddy. Uh, our campus, we head out to to Charlotte to play 1E mostly, and if there's 2E there, we'll play as well. So I get to play maybe six, seven tournaments a year, uh, you know, just between, not counting Gen Con because I try to – I, I kind of tournament uh, kind of tournament binge when I'm at Gen Con, but uh, get to play over there in Charlotte. Got an awesome play group of guys. Uh, it's just – it's it's a blast to go over there and play with them and, uh, and always, always fun, so. Yeah, it's gonna. Sometimes gonna they have. So yeah, yeah, it's fun. I, I I have them stay the night. We watch a movie or something. Play play Trek the next day. You know, maybe binge a couple tournaments. Play an OTSD, a two E, and a one E. Uh, and and we we play here. So we got the we've got a great great play group of dedicated guys that enjoy enjoy each other's company and and playing Trek. And uh, you know, one thing I've always found with this game is is that. 
if you play track cards, you're pretty much a cool guy in my eyes. You know, you know, it takes a, a certain mindset for, for people to play this. And I think that, uh, you know, just cool people, this community is absolutely amazing. Uh, the, the talent that, that we have in the community and also, you know, just the group of people, it's just, I'm, I was so thankful two and a half years ago when I found the CC and I was like, Holy cow, people still play this game. Yeah. I love this game. <laughs> and, yeah. uh, and it, and it's, it's been a blast. And I, I remember I went to my first tournament in Charlotte and, and those guys, it like it was like I knew them for for years, and uh, I just you know wanted to go back the next time I could play and, and stuff. So had a blast. Try to go out there every opportunity and get to to play with them. Yeah, I, I have to agree. You know, I, I had the same reaction when I found when I found the continuing committee, and um, one of the one of the positives of the fact that it's you know that that we have a you know essentially a players committee uh uh keeping the game going obviously you know there are not as many players uh with access you know and playing the game as during the decipher days uh you know they're not mass producing the cards like they were but i think what that says about the community is the people that are here and that are still playing it are that passionate about about it that they want to keep the game going yeah. and you know obviously this is not a game you know people are driving like you people are driving four or five hours to play they're not playing for a cash prize you know they're they're not playing because they want to be re- you know renowned or you know the, the the best at their field you know they're coming they're coming to have fun they're coming to play a game that they that they enjoy yeah it's a blast you know yeah. You can be competitive and you can still have fun. And you, you know, you've got you've got players uh, from all over the spectrum. But you know, you, nobody's doing this for a living. No, <laughs> we're 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 going because we love the game, and that's something we all have in common. Yeah, yeah, it, it is. And, and and I've heard Charlie say, you know, Gen Con is like a reunion, and this was my second Gen Con, and. And when I saw everybody, it was just like you know, I was just there last week, and I, I got to see. Uh, you know, the Van Bremens, which are some of the nicest people I've ever met. I love those. I love those two. And, you know, getting to see the great players and what they're, what they're doing, you know, Mm -hmm. and, and it was, it was really fun. It was, it was really fun to see everybody. It was a reunion. I had as I would have never thought I would have had as much fun seeing people just with my personality as I would have played the game. Cause I mean, I love the game, but it was really fun to see the people and, and and get to play against them, see what their ideas are about these cards. You know, sometimes I see her and I think, well, you know, what are what are, what is this player going to do? Because you know they have a tendency to do this or or that, and and it's just it, the the strategic mindset that some of these people have. Just it it is amazing to me that they come up with some of the ideas they do in the game, and and it's enjoyable to see. What they what they brought to the tournament? I'm like, whoa, that's really cool. I wish I would have thought of that stuff. So, just I mean, this game is amazing, and what they do behind the scenes, it's so cool, and I'm so thankful. With Thanksgiving coming around, I'm thankful for, for the CC. <laughs> Absolutely, uh, yeah, that was that was you know one of my favorite parts of Gen Con was was just getting to meet everybody yeah. you know i 
you know, I tried to take it in. I tried to do as much as I could. There were some parts of the day where there was an event coming up and I was just too burnt, you know, yeah. but didn't go anywhere, you know, s- stuck around and, you know, watch, watch people play and chatted with people and, you know, um, ha- you know, like I had a couple nights where I, you know, I, you know, even, even staying in the room, you know, I had uh, a couple of roommates. I had, uh, uh, Dan Hammond is one of my roommates and got to pick his brain a couple times, you know, uh, got to, I got to have dinner with Dan and Charlie and, uh, a couple other CC members. And that was, that was an amazing experience. Yeah. Uh, just, just sitting back and chatting about the game. And, yeah. and it's just as fun to play now as it was when there was printed cards, if not even better now. So I, I just, uh, I'm amazed at the things that come out from the designers and stuff. Continue mission, like you said earlier, you know, and I've heard Dan say, you know, I have a, he held up a card, I think in one of the, the reviews. And he said, you know, the fact that I have this card and I'm playing with this person is amazing. You know, I would have never thought I'd have had this person in my deck, but the, you know, continuing mission was so good. Um, uh, and, uh, I just can't wait to see what DS9 does for the game too. I mean, they're, they're rebuilding the game from from a, I felt like a ground level, like a restructuring, and it just yeah, it was perfect. It, it made it so much fun, and, and you got to see all the characters from the next generation. You know, they were all there, and and they were in decks, and you didn't have to have you know a gazillion dollars to build a deck, and you know I think that's. As, as we all get older, because, you know, most of the people in this uh, are people who played it back in the day, you know, 25 to 35-year-old to people, we don't necessarily have enough money to go and buy all these cards outright on eBay. But yeah. uh, to, to be able to use some of the old stuff that we have and be competitive and have a great time, I think that is, that's fantastic. Yeah, and I feel like there's still so much uh, untapped potential uh, you know, for design in, in, in the game. And can't, yeah, it, with deep space nine, I can't wait to see where they go with it. You know, um, enterprise as maligned as that show is, there's plenty of material in there that they haven't gotten to yet. You know, yeah. I think I know. heard talks of a Zindi affiliation. I found that interesting. Uh, Somebody asked that, I think, one time, and I thought, Zindi. Somebody did ask that. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, okay. And then somebody said something about the Vulcans. It's like, we've already made an affiliation icon, and we don't have anybody in the affiliation. Well, I I think that would need to come first. But, well, at least the Zindi made more appearances than the Herogen. That's true. That's true. The Herogen were were not very much there, but became a uh, huge dominator in the game. (laughs) Yeah. So, gosh, they're so skill-dense. Those those Herogen are crazy. <laughs> I mean, they're just like everybody. Even the Universals have like six skills and nine strength and cunning out the roof. I mean, it's just uh, a Herogen. Huh? It's an it's an army of Gozars. <laughs> Gozar. Let's talk about Gozar. He needs to be unique, in my opinion. <laughs> I, I I thought he yeah. Well, I think they they purposely uh, well you know he. His uh, his he's a he's a conversion, and his two E version mm-hmm. had a whole mess of skills too. And I think they they 
purposely kept all of those skills on him because they didn't want him to be a card draw. Yeah. But man, that is a lot of skills for a universal guy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he he solves everything. I've heard he people say that before, and you know, he's gr- he's a great card. Uh, it's just to me, him being him being a personnel that's not unique is a little overpowering, in, in my opinion. <laughs> you know, it, it's it's the part of the game, and and you know, Gozar can fall victim to certain things, so. Who who knows? Gozar may not be the man next year, but right now he he's pretty much the man. He's a very good card. So yeah. <laughs> well, you know, you know, one of the advantages between D, one of the advantages to uh, Gozar being an exception, but one of the advantages of the TNG deck was uh, it's faster than most decks because of continuing mission, uh, more free plays, more more draws, but. Overall, their personnel are not as skilled. You know, you're 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 getting a lot more people out into play with less total skills, uh, and I think uh, you know that's a big difference between the Delta Quadrant, where the Delta Quadrant can download a lot. They don't get as many free plays, but their personnel are just loaded with skills. So once you get a few of them out there, they're pretty much good to go. Yeah. Um, and Deep Space Nine, I feel, was kind of middle of the road. As as far as the power level, mm-hmm. um, you know they were a, a little bit ramped up from TNG uh, and not, but not as as skill intensive as as Delta Quadrant stuff. But you know, especially with the TNG block enhancing, you know, in, enhancing that property logo, DS9 is just kind of fallen by the wayside and just just, just stuff that nobody's used. You know, yeah. when people well, play DS9, sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. I mean, there's great cards in DS9. Bashur is yeah. amazing. Yeah. Uh, you know, Cisco is great, too. I mean, his integrity and cunning levels are, are cool. Uh, I always felt like in the game, because I was playing when Deep Space Nine was out, they just never they never had a way to get out. Uh, exactly. There's no way to play them for free. Yeah. That, 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 was, that was a big issue with them. Like, you know, I, I want to play these guys, but there's just no way to do it competitively. Right. You know? And the fact with, with the Bajoran station too, you know, even if you wanted to play with them, that you, you couldn't dial a skill with, with one of the sites to get one of them because they weren't matching affiliation. So it was like, oh, yeah. the, you know, the Federation is on this station in the show, but and they could report there for treaties in play, but they can't really, you know, pull somebody in there. And I always, always hated that, that fact. Because I wanted to play with those guys so bad, I wanted yeah, you know, I yeah. wanted Dax in my deck. I wanted I wanted Cisco. I wanted Bashir, uh, and yeah, I wanted and them they, to work with Odo. But you know, yeah, they should be able to. Yeah, yeah. Without, and, and I mean, who knows? That might be something that that we see in in this in the emissary set with, with this. So I, I want them to play together. So we'll just I have to so, yeah. I had a friend, uh, you know, a year ago who who was, you know, getting back into the game. And uh, she has me help help build some of her decks. And she told me she wanted, you know, this was really just after TNG came out. And so continuing mission decks were already out. And she told me she wanted a Bajoran deck, not Bajoran. Um, she wanted a Federation deck, or at least primarily Federation. But she wanted it to be only Deep Space Nine property logo. As if there were some kind of achievement for it, but like there, there isn't. But she's just as a restriction for herself. She's like, can we, can we make this 
a Federation deck with only DSM property logo. And I'm looking through the bridge crew and I'm like, just, there's just no way to do it if you wanted to compete. And, you know, I think we ended up, I ended up compromising with her and I made her uh, a mirror deck, like a Terra Empire style oh, deck, yeah. just so she, you know, just so the, well, the DS9 property logo, if you, you're playing with the mirror guys, at least they can play for free. Yeah. You know, I think that was the closest we were able to come up with, but. And I think so, they may be strong too in the future. In the near future, I think that you know the the mirror quadrant is gonna is gonna be something that may tie well with this stuff in emissary. You know. Well, it, you know, I think it that might be block three, and if it is, that would be perfect. You know, block you know DS nine block and a kind of mirror block. They might actually work well together and have you know some crossbreeding between decks. Yeah, that'd be cool. Because I mean that. That's one thing. You know, that's one thing I'm thinking about with with uh, DS9 block coming in is I'm not just looking at what are DS9 go- decks going to give me. I'm also looking at what are the two blocks going to give each other. Mm. Mm. It's something to think about. What is DS? What is emissary and emissary supplemental going to give that TNG decks can use? Obviously, they're not going to be able to use their personnel or their ships, but there are other cards. Some of those support cards might get used. You know, there's. Obviously, dilemmas are a thing. Dilemmas are, are the, probably the most the most common cards that they may pick up. Yeah, and you know, and, and, and the th- same thing with DS nine. What in the TNG block is the DS nine deck going to use? You know, one of the things too that I've always wanted to use this and I've never been able to do it is the is the transporter mix up. Uh, it's a card from Trouble. It's the Trouble set, uh, and and it's uh, where the download you download the matching for. Pers- Personnel, that's the mirror quadrant equivalent or likewise. Yeah. Oh, that would be really cool to use in that if, if that's the case. I'd, I'd really like to see that. You know which card? Yeah, I'm yeah. About? Yeah. I think it's, so. Yeah, it's, it's one of the mirror quadrant, the mirror cards, right? Uh, it may be in not triples. It may be, I think it may be in mirror, mirror. I think you may be right there. Yeah. Let me see your, uh, but yeah, that would be a cool card to be able to tie that stuff together. And it may. It may turn out that that may be something that that may be strong, and that would be really cool to have that have that in there. Uh, let's see, transporter mix up. It says uh, seeds are plays on table. Unique. If up to four of your personnel are beaming up from the planet in their native quadrant, you may replace, discard them by downloading an equal number of others to complete the transport. So uh, that'd be kind of cool. See those mirror people come into play like that. Interesting. Yeah. It says uh, also each each uh, universal personnel may be replaced by any universal personnel native to the opposite quadrants. Mm-hmm. Others may be replaced only by the opposite versions of their personas. You could do that in a mirror deck too, and bring in the alpha quadrant versions. Yeah, that that'd be a cool. Co- I hope this really since, makes, yeah. since mirror quadrant is all planets. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, with good reason. Yeah, <laughs> with good reason. Yeah, but that that'd be a neat card. Hopefully, we'll see some of that stuff. I know we've got. I think uh, if I remember the article right, we've got Maquis coming up next, and then Dominion for the for the final set in uh, the DS9 area. Now that sounds right. You know, if you go based on like the the timeline of the show, that seems to make sense. Yeah. You know, so you bring in the main players. The Maquis kind of came in the middle seasons, and then the Dominion got big at the end. 
Oh, I'm excited about the Dominion. There, I love the Dominion. I used to play them a lot back back a long time ago when when they came out. So I'm excited about shape shifting around and stuff. It it'll be fun. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing what what is brought to them, especially after the horrible horrible performance that uh, I did trying to play them at regionals this year. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, I think there's got to be a Vorta engine. I think you've got to get a Vorta in there. Maybe maybe some kind of a for free Vorta or something, because the Jim Hadar already have the birthing chamber. Uh, the, the Jim Hadar have crazy ways of reporting. Yeah, yeah so that that's kind of cool. But, uh, you know, it's and the founders can report for free to the uh, – to the Founder Homeworld headquarters. So we've got to find yep. a way to get the Vorta in there so that we can ration some white. Because I know people are stalking that white deprivation now If uh, when that comes around here in a few months. So maybe it, maybe at uh, Worlds this year, there may be a Dominion deck. I, I hope there's a strong one there. That'd be cool. That'd be nice to see. And uh, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm going to try to get to Worlds being at Gen Con again. So. Oh, yeah. It'll be a blast. I encourage anyone... To go, it is an absolute blast, and it's worth every penny. <laughs> and you'll sleep yeah. for ten hours straight when you get home. <laughs> You're so tired. <laughs> yeah, I didn't get much sleep there, but yeah, absolutely was was worth it. Um, all right, Ryan, I'm gonna uh, we're gonna wrap up here uh, okay. soon, but uh, we're gonna uh, give you a chance, give you one more chance to uh, plug nationals before we go. Sure. Did you still want me to talk about it? Yeah, so give it, give us the details. It's uh, well, January eighteenth. Okay. So, Nationals is is January the eighteenth uh-huh. at the Hyatt Place in Lexington, Kentucky. Um, in the morning, at t- starting at ten thirty, will be the one E Nationals portion. Uh, hopefully, uh, we'll have a lot of participants uh, at that for f- four rounds of play. We've got some great prize support coming up. Uh, it's going to be medals with the Star Trek logo engraved on them for the top three. Uh, and then we're going to have a short break where we'll probably have some food delivered there. Uh, and uh, then we'll go straight into the uh, 2E Nationals, I believe, at 3.30, uh, which is a standard format. And we'll play to the end on that. So we've got the conference room the entire day. Uh, going to be a lot of fun. We're going to have some side events going on on the, the Friday night. I believe we're going to have an OTSD. Uh, I'm going to buy some OTSDs. Uh, and uh, a lot of packs of the uh, Premiere and Alternate Universe and Q as well uh, to, to mix into the, to the pool there so that everybody gets a lot of cards to pull from, uh, as well as uh, there, I believe there's going to be a side event too on the day of uh, 2E Nationals. Mm-hmm. I believe that Hoodie DEM Derek Marsh is going to bring a special format currently in a poll on the uh, forum boards for what will be the side event at nationals. Uh, there'll be a side event going on the two E uh, during the two E nationals. If someone doesn't want to play. So uh, in the two e event. So, uh, so going to have a special format of that. I'm not sure what it's going to be, but, but uh, I've been told some stuff and I'm like, wow, that, that hasn't been played in a long time. That'll be really cool. So uh, Derek Marshall, uh, he will, uh, he'll head that up. So, Lots of events going on. Uh, they've got special rates for us, so make sure to call the Hyatt Place in Lexington. To uh, They've got us a room block with some special rates uh, there. So uh, make sure to call, set up your room, 
for Friday night. Come play some OTSD in the lobby with us, and uh, we'll be playing Trek all day on Saturday. So hopefully a fun weekend. There'll be medals also for the top three and two E as well. And uh, I'm vigorously working on some prizes out of my own stock and uh, making full sets of the of the virtual cards, really, really high print stuff as well. So there's going to be lots of full sets for people to choose from for prize support, as well as uh, the CC foils uh, prize support as well will be there. But we're going to have lots of extra support because my ultimate goal is to build everyone's card collection so they keep playing. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, come on come on up, Daniel. That's only like, what, a 14-hour drive for you? So. <laughs> <laughs> If it wasn't, I'm thinking about it. If it wasn't so soon after Christmas, uh, maybe. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I wish you the best of luck. I hope you get a, uh, a great turnout. Yeah, thanks. And, uh, Nationals uh, is a big success for one and two weeks. So. Yeah, I want to keep Nationals going here in the U.S. I know there's been some talk about, you know, the U.S. not liking Nationals and stuff. But, uh, you know, I, I love high-level events. I love the fact that, you know, you get a ton of people there. Uh, that's what it's all about playing this game, seeing what everybody's ideas and stuff look like. So I want to I want to keep the idea of nationals alive. We we don't have an east and a west this year, uh, just this one. So uh, let's let's keep it alive. Let's let's keep nationals keep going. I want to I want to see that happen in the future. So. Yeah, I think that's a good idea. Like I mean, I can have I can have an event, you know, anywhere. And people around me are gonna are gonna show up to it, but I think when you when you advertise it as a national, uh, it has a better chance of drawing more people. So mm -hmm. it, it's it's nice to have those high level events sprinkled in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's fun stuff, like a like a like a huge regional. <laughs> where there's yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. Like you know, I can have a local event and say I'm gonna have an event next week or whatever, and I might get you know five or six people. When I say it's a regional then people are a little more, you know, there's a title involved. So people are a little more apt to come out like, oh, I could be a regional champion. So, you know, I might get seven or eight, you know. And But when it's a national, that's an even bigger deal. So, Absolutely. Let's keep it, let's keep it going. Uh, maybe nationals in, uh, in uh, Orlando next year. I know there's some talk of the North Carolina and South Carolina folks coming down there. So uh, put a bid in for it next year, Daniel. I'd love to come down to Orlando. I, I would certainly try for that. You know, we've got we've got uh, a pretty good play group over there. We've got some people here on the East Coast. We've got people down in Miami. So I mean, if we could get every yeah, if we could get everyone in Florida together and people from the Carolinas, that I that's very possible. Orlando could be a a, a, a good place to run it. But yeah, yeah we'll see what happens. Pick, if you pick me up, it's like seventy dollars for me to fly down there. So I'm I'm all game for it. <laughs> We've got a value jet going down there now. So. Oh, that's not bad at all. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, uh, Ryan, uh, thanks for talking to me today. It's uh, been great having you on here, talking about nationals and talking about emissary. Uh, yeah. We are looking forward to that set, and uh, it was great having you on the show. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. And, uh, again, thanks to Charlie Plain for providing the spoiler today. Uh, if you... If you missed it, go go back in the show. I just have to, you know, rewind, go back and look. Watch it over again. You'll find it. I'm not going to tell you where it is. Uh, so thanks to Charlie. Uh, thanks, Ryan. Uh, so for this episode of Assimilate This, this is Daniel Madison ending transmission.
It's beautiful But I don't need to see it Just to know Star Trek in all forms is copyright and trademark of CBS Paramount Studios, which has no affiliation with this podcast or trekcc.org. This podcast is for nonprofit use only. Special thanks to Hot Fiction for their theme song Started Off, as well as additional music used during the show. Look them up at hotfiction.co.uk. Thanks also to Corbin Johnson for production assistance. For questions or comments, send a message to OK Coyote on the Trek CC forums. Until next time, this is Allison Cagle signing off for Assimilate This.